Take a few deep breaths. Get present with where you are in this world, in this moment, in this body, now. Listen in to an intimate conversation where hopefully you hear something inspiring and get to be witness to what it's like to be in a sacred conversation where there's potential for healing, change, and transformation. I'm Jen Coffey, Sacred Space Holder for Transformation. Listen in. In this episode, I'm talking with Kit Pappenheimer, and shortly before our conversation, I was reviewing everything on Kit's website and what I know about Kit to be true, imagining what I thought our podcast and conversation would be about. And then we got online and started chatting before I pressed play. And she let me know, actually, things have changed and grown and evolved since the last evolution of her website. As, you know, things do. We are evolving and growing. And, um, and I thought, okay, well, let's start recording and you'll tell me more about it and we'll, we'll have an experience together. So what you're going to hear is us talking about the most current, as of the moment of our recording, version of Kit's offering in the world. And I think it's an, a great example of, of how we are constantly evolving and growing and changing as individuals, as professionals, and getting closer to understanding what our life purpose is every day and every moment. It's not, um, it's not a fine, there's no like singular destination and finality to it. As, as long as we keep breathing and growing, it's, it's changing. You know, not for everybody, but for a lot of people. I think a lot of people that I work with as a coach are constantly questioning whether they are living their life in alignment with their life purpose. And if not, what what does that mean for them? And um, yeah, I, what you're going to hear is Kit getting to a point of being in strong alignment with her life purpose and this offering and what that sounds like and what that feels like for her and what what is that for her and then the fact that what she's actually offering is pretty amazing so hopefully people listening will hear a little more about that and um, there'll be information about how to connect with kit in the show notes if you are someone seeking support around end-of-life planning for yourself um, for your family and it's something that you want to do in community with other people, with friends, with like-minded people, or one-on-one with Kit. Get in touch. This is a conversation between me and Kit Pappenheimer, and um, we're, we're just having a chat, and we're catching up, and I'm learning that what I thought we were going to be talking about has actually grown into something entirely new. So why don't we start by, Kip, why don't you introduce yourself and however you want to introduce yourself. 
Okay, I'm Kit Pappenheimer. I'm luckily a colleague and friend of Jen Coffey. I'm a dancer, I'm a leadership coach, I'm a facilitator, and uh, my latest offering is around end of life and legacy work. Yeah. I, I want to say right before I hit record for our session today, and I was preparing for a conversation, I was starting to get emotional just knowing what this work is about and what you're diving into and the way that you're expanding and just noticing my own vulnerable feelings, knowing mm -hmm. about the subject and what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. I know you and trust you completely. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's let's dive in. So you have this new offering that is expanding in the world, and it's about legacy. It's about conscious legacy. So mm. say, say more about what that is and what that means to you. So I'll give you just a little backstory of how I got to this place. I've been doing leadership work and facilitation. And during COVID, um, and I've also been a hospice volunteer and really interested in the study and participation in end of life. And during COVID, um, what I noticed was there was a lot of loss and consequently a lot of grief and that it was creeping into coaching work. And whether people were conscious of what they were experiencing or whether it was just coming up in what they were talking about, it was present. And I lost my own mother, experiencing, experienced my own grief and loss during COVID. And it led me to doing online memorials. I found myself supporting people who weren't able to gather and holding this huge vat of their experience and wanting to create a container where people could come together online mm. and also have some sort of a ritual and way to make, um, to, to grieve in community still, even though they couldn't grieve in person. So that segued into um, what I'm calling conscious legacy. And that's helping people find um, at this stage, our third third for my, my community of boomers basically, who have either are losing or have lost their parents and are now actually beginning to lose our peers. It's, it's coming. We're facing our own mortality. And many of us are moving towards retirement and thinking about this third third of our lives. And, you know, I think because we don't talk about it, because it's not a regular dialogue, end of life, and we don't talk about death, the D word, we, you know, we call it passing, we, we don't even mm. name what it is that is coming, let alone prepare in the practical, logistical ways like advanced directives and all those conversations we need to have and conscious choices. So there's the practical aspect, and then, then there's, um, there's the reality of this chunk of life that we're still living. And what I'm hoping to do is help people to live consciously all the way to the end, live mm. fully all the way to the end and to be aware and awake 
to look at what's unresolved in relationship, what's undone that they had set out on their bucket list or in their fantasies, their dreams, and help folks to move in that direction consciously so that when they die, they, they are, their legacy is a legacy that they choose. I'm taking this in. That was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> I'm just, whew. Oh, I, I am. Yeah. I'm just going to sit with that for a second. I'm, I'm so grateful that, that you are taking this on, mm. that you are passionate about it, that you are excited about it, that you're able to speak clearly and directly about something that is really difficult for a lot of people to talk about or even approach thinking about, and you make it feel easy and maybe even a little fun. Good. Good. Glad to hear that. And definitely loving. And there's presence through everything you're saying. So can you maybe give me some examples of what you're talking about, some people that you've worked with? Well, I did. Um, so I've got an introductory introduction to living, living life fully, living mm -hmm. with the end in mind, which covers, um, it was an in-person, which was just delightful workshop. And we sort of covered the three buckets, I call them, which is sort of the, the first bucket would be the practicalities, um, advanced directives, those sort of really thinking about, there's a document called Five Wishes that's a more expansive advanced directive that really talks about um, not only the medical institutional aspects of end of life, but also choosing consciously who you want around you and you know how you want the, the literal end to feel like, to sound like, all those mm. um, decisions that someone will need to make and we might as well make for ourselves while we can and to think about if we have a strong preference. Um, so there, and then there's a pulse, a medical, um, a physician's order for life-sustaining treatment that some people know about, some people don't. Um, most people who have gone through end of life with their parents have had some experience with all of these, but not everybody. So, so you know, some of those practicalities one of the women in the last group I did put together a pink binder that she had was facing a life-threatening illness and she's since recovered, but she put together this binder for her children with all of this, you know, including her estate planning and her will and her directives and her passwords and all mm. the things. It's a project. So to do that in community and to have conversation in community or in support one-on-one -on -one, mm. uh, to just get that handle is huge. Yes. Anyone who's gone through estate planning knows that just the brass tacks of estate planning is huge in and of itself. Yes. Yes. Um, to it. sort of expand it, expand yes. that. So the second bucket is in order to think about what's unresolved and what's incomplete or left undone in your life, which is the third bucket, actually, that's the final stage of what we talked about in this, um, in this workshop. The second bucket is really looking at your values and your accrued wisdom as a, mm. result, as a result of your experience based on your values. And in looking at that and reflecting, there's a way then to look at the third stage of what's undone, 
What's mm. not complete? What's unresolved? What would my legacy be if I died today, tomorrow? What would I leave behind? And that's where what's left undone comes mm. in. I don't know. A lot, of, a lot of us experience our parents' death, and there was a lot that was left behind as a legacy that wasn't intentional. Like, you know, boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of this and that, you know? Unhandled business is a legacy in and of itself that's passed on. So what is it that we will be passing on? Are there things that um, we need to look at now while we can? So there's stuff. What are we doing with our stuff? Mm-hmm. And there's also, what are we doing with our relationships? Mm. What are we doing with our family members, with our friends? Are there things that are not yet complete? And to look at those consciously and make some choices. Some things we're going to leave incomplete because it's too painful, because it's not necessary. You know that. Nobody could answer that for you. But to take the time to consciously look and make some decisions about um, what's left undone, what's unresolved. The second stage of looking at your values and your wisdom based on your experience to then move into what else is there to do still. So you said this happened in a workshop and I'm aware of that workshop having happened, but for other people who are listening, there is something really interesting about doing this in community, like as a group. Mm. And I'd I'd never heard of that happening before, that possibility. Mm. It seems like a really smart idea. And I'm kind of curious, is this how, if somebody wanted to participate in something like this, is this a curated mm-hmm. group of people that come to you and say, we want your guidance? Are you offering this on a regular? How is this going forward? So Roy Reamer, who's the executive director of Zen Caregiving Project, presented this workshop. This was a three-hour workshop with me. And he handled, we did it together, which it, it worked out beautifully. Um it was a lot for one workshop. It brought yeah. up a lot and we weren't actually able to go deep in the workshop. So we did, We what happened is I have now, well, he did the first session on the practicalities and I'm doing two follow-up sessions. And yes, I'm going to offer it again. I can feel I'm like, my own chest is getting like a little tight and stuff. Like I want to loosen up around the conversation and the subject because you really need to be. And there's mm. something that's like, oh, this is, it's edgy to think about mm. one's own mm. death. Mortality, definitely, definitely. So I can tell you that about three quarters of the group has continued and where the workshop was in person, we've continued online and we're meeting once a month for three months for these three buckets. The first bucket met and then we're gonna do the next two. And even this hasn't been enough. So I think this group may continue I'm definitely going to start again and I'm going to um, think about how to present it so that there is enough time to go in uh, deeply enough, but everyone is appreciating being in community. Just as you said, Jen, it's felt, it feels really supportive. I think because we don't talk about this much, certainly we're still a little young in our trajectory to be getting into the, I have to handle this now. So it's really, you're not the only one, you know, it's like, wow, do I have to be into all this stuff? No, you don't have to. But is there a way to incorporate it into living so that it's a part of life? 
so that the end is part of what's happening now so that it becomes conscious and we're making conscious choices in how we're living now. That's the idea. And to do just like many of us want to live in community, to make these decisions and to have these conversations with others going through it at the same time feels super supportive to most people. And yeah. for those who don't, it's too private and too vulnerable. That's, you know, they can also work one-on-one with me. Wow. What a gift. I'm just, I'm thinking about, you know, what I've gone through personally with, you know, for my own planning and other family members um, and how the experience would have been very different if I'd had a partner to go through this with, or a guide or a facilitator, or com- and in, it never even occurred to me that I might be able to do something like that in community. Mm. For me, the first time I experienced somebody, a love, a very close loved one dying, and we had to figure out all of the, the legal and practical stuff. And it was, it was a really challenging time. There's all this emotional um, upheaval that's happening at the same time as practicalities need to be handled. It was really difficult. Mm. And because I had that experience with my family members, it pushed me to get my things in order. And it also Mm. opened up the conversation around end of life planning with certain members of my family that, you know, were kind of like, we don't want to go through this again. We want to be more prepared so that we can enjoy our life and our time together and really be in a place of grieving at that time when it's appropriate and not in a time of paperwork and planning, you know, logistics. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, I'm reflecting on this and recognizing I'm so grateful. My mother and I have an open conversation about this topic pretty regularly. And we're both really comfortable talking about it with each other, having been through the death of two very close family members, my brother and my father, and both of us sort of going through it together. And um, I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking about, you know, honoring my mom in this moment also for, for really facing this conversation with me and our family openly. And it's not easy for everybody else in our family. And it's not always easy to talk about these things. No. Yeah. Ooh, and I feel like it's a gift, like that we've done it. You know, like I have, I'm listening to you talk about this woman who created the pink binder. I have like all of my estate documents in a binder and the top drawer in my desk. And I'm, and I know this is going to sound crazy to anybody listening who doesn't know this about me. Nobody would know this about me. Like I always am thinking like, what if I walk out the door and I die and I'm never coming back in and not in like a morbid way, but just like, I don't want to be a burden to anyone else. I want everything to be in order. It's very top of mind for me. And I'm watching your expression. How is it to hear that, to know that? It's fabulous. It's fabulous. <laughs> you can let that go. You can move on to, you know, bigger, deeper things in your life. It's like death and taxes, right? We all, we say that death and taxes as if they're anywhere related, as if they're anywhere in the same category, death and taxes. We don't have to dread it. We don't have to dread it. Well, so, so the, I'm so that's the sort of practicality when I think about that part, but yeah, I'm not dreading that part. I know like, you know, the administrative stuff is organized for me, Mm -hmm. but when you start to talk about the other buckets, Mm -hmm. the relationship, oh yeah, (laughs) the relationships and like what I thought I was going to accomplish in my life and the wisdom I've gathered, that's an, that's a different angle. So I'm kind of curious, how did you, 
how did you create that body of work and that path? Well, what's, what's happening there? How does that work? If somebody was like, Hmm, hadn't thought about that. Like I got my will drawn up and I've got my power of attorney. I did my pulse, but those relationships, I always thought I was going to mend fences with this person, but I haven't. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, I think being with people, myself included, who have lost people unexpectedly, a lot of what comes up in the grief process are things that people wish they had said or done or, you know, just the reframe, especially when you lose somebody suddenly. That reframe on our own lives and in relationship with that person, you know, we never know when someone is going to go, when, when we won't see them again, we won't get to say whatever we need to say. So my own experience sort of brought me to that and dealing with people during COVID who that horrible period where people who were infirmed or in the hospital weren't able to be visited and people didn't get to say goodbye to people who died. And I mean, that was like the worst case scenario. And we just don't know when those situations are going to happen. You know, we don't, death is, it's unexpected. It's, we're mostly, we can't plan it for the most part. So just that, that way that that happened in the last few years led me to realize, wow, you know, we got to say what we got to say now. You got to be aware of what you need to say and you need to take the opportunity to say it. So that's the relationship unresolved part. I also have through hospice work witnessed um, families who have not had these conversations about their parents and who then while a patient, you know, while a person is in hospice, they're then having the conversations, you know, maybe over their loved one's bodies and maybe they don't agree. And it's a difficult, difficult end of life situation that we, none of us really want to be in. You want to have those, you want, you want to know who the person, you want to know what they want. You want to know what the person who is, whose life is ending once. So you don't have to make those decisions for them. Mm. You don't have to argue with your sister. You don't have to argue with your sister, you know, your loved one's sister, anything, you know, what they wanted and you're just carrying out their wishes so much simpler. Mm. So there's that. And then the whole, I, I, I'll tell you about experience I had with modern elder Academy Academy. I don't know if you're familiar with Chip Connolly's work. Yes. I'm familiar with it. It's awesome. His whole curriculum around this whole thing is really more of a personal, what, what will I be doing at this stage of my life? They call it the third act. I call it the third, third, whatever. Same thing. What's left undone for you. You know, and that could, you can think of it as your bucket list. You can think about, I always imagined. You can think about, you know, whatever it is. I really wanted a career in, you know, we're in, most of us are in our sixties and seventies. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of time. You could reinvent yourself right now as you are doing, my dear. That's what I'm as doing. As I'm doing. As, as you're we're, doing. As both you and I are doing. We are continuing. I was thinking about that. Like your, your, your work is about, you know, sort of holding people through this time of transition in a very interesting and magical way. And at the same time, you are transitioning into becoming and being an aspect of, I'm just, I just watched your whole being just shifted when I said this, like, 
Yeah, baby. right. Like, like there's something about when you get closer to a, a deep truth that you know about yourself and you're, and you are living in alignment with it. There is a feeling deep down. And I got this sense in reading what I read before we talked and listening to you now that that's what's happening for you, that there is this alignment, that the deeper you get into this work, this end of life work, the closer you get into a, a truth about yourself and who you are and what your life purpose is. Absolutely. I couldn't have said that better. Thank you. Thank you. I feel, I feel witnessed in the moment. Thank you. What a good coach you are. Um, <laughs> It was just like, I thought about, I'm like, it, it, it came through really clearly and it's, it's such an important gem, right. And that, that you I mean, may be experiencing your, yourself, right. Sitting there like, Oh, I'm writing this out my plan of what I'm working on and what I think is right. And then there's like, Oh, this is really what's happening. Yeah. I mean, I, I keep having the, the visual of, you know, when things sync up. And yeah. I can go, you know, it's like the, I, I do the word alignment. I feel so aligned and enlivened by what I'm doing now in a way that I don't think I ever have in the rest of my life. And it's the gift of this stage of our lives too. I mean, many people feel it early on and they're, they're lucky. And I've, you know, I've been, I've been super lucky. I've been very privileged. I've been able to follow my my interest and my intuition and, and um, I've had a wonderful career and a wonderful life, super privileged and lucky. And um, I've always felt the importance of being of service. And this work aligns, you know, everything, all my skills, my skill sets, my experience, my wisdom, and what I value. And that's what I hope for everyone, you know, that mm. we can align all those, our wisdom, our skills, and our values so that what we are offering in the world is complete. So that by the time my life is over, I feel like I'm wrung out. I've given what I have to give. Mm. I'm complete. Wow. Let's, let's go back to like, you know, what, what I, I'm, I'm doing here with this podcast is like, I'm figuring things out. I'm also like learning and growing. And I'm sort of calling it, the, you know, the Jen and I project, but it really is an opportunity for you to project anything that you want. And you can take this recording and put it anywhere, share it in any way you want. So I'm kind of curious, what, what might you want to project out into the world right now? Mm. Oh, thanks for the question and the opportunity. Um, You know, I, I feel like we're such an overstimulated culture right now, and we're so bombarded with choice. And I think there's so much to be said for um, you know how you do a body scan when you're having a mindful moment and you you close your eyes and you drop in and you really sort of bring yourself all the way from the tip of your head, visualizing and feeling all the way through to the bottom of your feet. And I want to invite people to do that with their lives. You know, mm. and really take the time to drop in and assess 
where they are, where they're going. Maybe they're not going anywhere else. And just to take inventory. And it takes some conscious attention. You know, I think this business of end of life is easier to check the boxes, to do our pink binder, to get that done, our estate planning. But I think the rest of it takes some conscious choice and planning and time, just like anything else that you do when you make a plan. And I just invite people to take this third third as as big of an opportunity as any other chunk of our lives. That we are still growing. We're still alive and awake and anything is possible. I learned to surf last week. I, I saw learned, that. Right? I learned to surf. <laughs> I had a whole story. I'm too old. I've always wanted to, but I was too old. I can't surf. You know, I probably can't even get up. How can I possibly get up? I took a lesson. I got up. I surfed. It was, it was you know, it was monumental. It's that whole growth mindset thing. Believe it and you can do it. I was so inspired when I saw the photo of you oh, surfing. Good. Oh my God. I'm like, I want to, <laughs> I want to do what Kit's doing. She does the <laughs> coolest stuff. <laughs> you too can surf. Well, I'm thinking all I'm listening to you. I'm like, you used to do something called the cool girl summit. And it it's now mm. seeming like, you know, cool girls take a, a conscious inventory of their lives mm. and make mm. a plan. Mm. Indeed. Cool boys too. And cool non-gendered, non-binary, all of us. Yeah. And just anybody, whether you're cool or not, it just seems, it seems like a good, it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a project though, like anything else, you know, you have to really carve out the time and energy to go in, check yourself out. And however we do that, you know, whether it's through meditation or walks mm. at nature or time with a friend or journaling, you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. It just needs to be a topic you really take time to address. Mm. Yeah. What else needs voice on this subject? Oh, well, I, I also just want to say what we, we touched on earlier is doing it in collaboration and in community mm. is, um, can be fun, can be um, poignant, supportive. And, you know, I think everybody that so far has experienced it really feels like, wow, I've been wanting to do this for a long time. And here's an opportunity. So, you know, just a shameless plug to reach out and check in and see what the next offering will be in this arena, because there are people in the same place as you are. Yeah, and no, I'm just help each other. I know I'm thinking about it. Like, it would be an interesting, like, get your girlfriends together for the weekend and like, let's do something caring that you've been putting off and is hard to do. And we'll do it together and support each yes. other um, or family members. I mean, I'm thinking about family members of mine who I know will sort of edge around the subject, but it's, it's too upsetting for them to think about mm -hmm. their own mortality. So they don't do it, even though they know it's important. I met a woman recently who um, who asked me, I don't know that we'll actually do it, but she asked me to facilitate a conversation with her sons. It's just they uh, lost their father and have had their own experiences of grief and um, haven't been able to come together to talk about these conversations. It's just too difficult. They're young men and don't have the language and um, 
she just was looking for support. So there's lots of different situations where we can support one another or I can support you individually. I, yeah, I'm listening to you and I'm just thinking about so many people and situations where we all have different ideas and values around this conversation and it can be really mm -hmm. difficult or it can be really easy and you make it feel easy and loving and I hope anybody listening to this who is thinking ah, I, I need to put some energy into this I need to to really think this through I, I hope anybody listening that that is getting a little bit of an inkling inside them or something inside of them is perking up that they reach out and they find you and they make contact and get support and making conscious choices for their mm -hmm. life and their loved ones. Thanks, John. Me too. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Jen and I project. Check out the show notes for more information. Send me an email if you're interested in being part of the Jen and I project. If you have something you want to project out to the world in the sacred space with me, Jen Coffee.